Hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. You guys have found me at my little corner of the internet. Today is Friday, August 13th, and as promised, my friend Dorinda Wilson, a homeschool mom of eight and the author of a brand new book, The Four-Hour School Day, is back on the show with me today. Today, we're going to tackle some of the more nuts and bolts kinds of questions that people are asking about homeschooling, and I just want to encourage you, and I know Dorinda does too, if God has called you to this thing, he has already given you everything you need. Stick around. I think you're going to to be encouraged. Washington State was once admired for its public schools, its thriving economy, the safety of our cities, and our raw natural beauty. People wanted to move here. Now they want to leave. The truth is the radical left has been chipping away at our great state for a long time. They spent literally the last 30 years dismantling brick by brick the very virtues and values that made Washington state a sought-after place to live and work. The Democrats' assault on public safety through the demonization of police officers trying to do their job is threatening to our peace of mind and to the safety we have long enjoyed in the district. In fact, the disastrous policies of woke bureaucrats have emboldened criminals by allowing them to avoid conviction and incarceration. I've had enough. We can do better The dream that Martin Luther King had for this country is quickly fading as once again, we're focusing more on skin color than on character. Have you had enough? Because the left is just getting started. Our constitutional walls have been breached. Even our Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms is being threatened. I've had enough. This must not stand. It's time for a change in leadership. And the only way to combat the bold, hostile takeover of our American way of life is to elect bold leaders who love this country and are willing and ready to fight for her. I'm Heidi St. John, and I'm running for Congress because I know that together we can turn the tide and restore America to the values that have made her the greatest nation on earth. If you've had enough of weak Republican leadership and dangerous Democrats, I invite you to join me in the fight for the soul of America. There's no time to lose, and I'm just getting started. This ad was paid for by friends of Heidi St. John. So thanks for tuning in today. You guys know that, uh, as always, I'm going to link back to the books in the show notes today. So if you're curious, I hope you'll go on out and get the four-hour school day. This is one of those books I wish I would have had when I first started homeschooling because I think that, you know, especially for those of us who never were homeschooled, never thought we would homeschool, you're trying to find sort of a frame of reference. And this is a wonderful frame of reference that's really going to help you uh, handle some of the common fears that held us back probably from homeschooling schooling in the first place. You guys are going to love this. I'll link back to the four-hour school day in the show notes today. Dorinda Wilson, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me back, Heidi. So one does not simply write a book, Uh, right? Right. (laughs) What made you go, I think I'm going to, you know, I think I'm going to, you know, pour my heart and soul into trying to help parents see how they can actually find life in and thrive really and not feel like they're a slave because that's really what I thought when I mm-hmm. saw your book I thought this is so cool because what you're doing is you're saying you don't have to be a slave to homeschooling mm-hmm. right and I think so many people when they hear the word homeschool they just think oh 
my gosh, you know, mm-hmm. I got to install desks in the house and I got to put a whiteboard <laughs> up and I got to do all the things. What, what made you go, you know what, this is, this is the time for, for this. Well, I was actually with uh, Ginger Hubbard. I think you know her and you've had her on the podcast. Oh, Ginger, we go way back. Isn't she awesome? So (laughs) we were at her lake house and we were out on the screened in porch and, you know, we were, of course, talking about homeschooling. Right. And um, I, I was just sharing some things on my heart and she looked at me and she said in her really cute Southern accent. I know it. Dorinda, I think you have another book in you. And I said, oh, really? Tell me more. And so <laughs> so Ginger did. She told me more. Um, and fast forward, she got me hooked up with her literary agent. We started talking. And at first, I wasn't sure about this title. I thought, hmm, this, you know, I don't know if, if this is the right title. You know how it is. You're kind of noodling that over. And, right, right. Um, because I didn't want it to look like, oh, you know, a little checklist. Do this, 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 and this, and you'll homeschool your kids in four hours a day. Because you know me, Heidi. That's not my heart at all. Right, right. I am. Sometimes about- it's one hour a day. Right, exactly. And <laughs> right? when you're it talking is. kindergarten, first grade, zero to 30 minutes, yeah. maybe, you know? Yeah. So um, so I, I decided to go ahead and go with it because I think it is one of the myths that people uh, struggle with, thinking that you have to do this seven to eight hours a day. But we all know when we really dive in and talk to teachers, which I have talked to multiple teachers and said, how much of the time is actually spent learning? And they said it is a fraction of the time. Oh, yeah, because they're doing crowd control the rest of the time. Crowd control, interruptions, you know. I mean, they've got a lot on their hands. And I I would not want to be them. I'm just going to be honest, you know. That's a lot to handle and it's a lot to try to accomplish. And so at the end of the day, I'm thinking, you know, our kids can get this. if, If parents can understand that you can spend this time with your kids and be very directed and very efficient and very tuned in to your children so that what you're doing doesn't have to take all day. Yeah. And so so I decided to go with that and the subtitle of how you and your kids can thrive in the homeschool life, because really for me, and I believe for most homeschoolers, it's a lifestyle. Um, It's not just something we do. It's, it's, It's a lifestyle for us. And I wanted parents to, first of all, I think one of the biggest things that I do in this book is to affirm the role of parents in their kids' lives, because in our culture, that is constantly undermined. Yep. You know, whether you go to the doctor's office or the school, um, they're basically telling you you're not that important in, in, you know, not directly, but in so many indirect and passive ways. And it's just, we're so used to it that we don't even realize that it's happened and it's undermined this God-given role that God has And the us. confidence, it's stolen the confidence from exactly. parents. And so then they just think, I just don't even think I can do this thing because I'm not right. quote qualified. Exactly. And and that's one thing I love to tell them in this with the message of this book is just to relax that you are more qualified than you realize. And that it's okay for you to ignore the naysayers. Remember that you're responsible for your kids and you, that's why you're the parent, right? Because God gave them to you. And I wanted the parents to understand that their role in their kids' lives matters. It matters greatly. And so there's a lot of affirmation in the book for parents. And I think at the end of the day, when they get to the to the end of the book, that they are they feel like so far, this is the response I've gotten and this is what I prayed for, that they're like, I think I can do this. I yeah. really think I can do this. 
Yeah. And and that's really was my heart behind it is I wanted to hit that audience that was sort of on the fence, at the fence, just went ahead and made the decision, but are unsure of themselves, but also the parent who's been homeschooling for a while. I've gotten feedback from parents who have been doing this for 20 years, and they said, this stuff in this book, this is what I tell younger homeschooling moms all the time, but I forget, and I needed to hear it again. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think we, we've, you know, it's easy for us to become a victim to our own, you know, an unrealistic, an unrealistic expectation, yes. Yes. or maybe we're in a season of our life that just, just absolutely defies the schedule that we had that we were you know that we were work that was working so good for us for three years or whatever mm-hmm, it is mm-hmm. and we need the encouragement you know the veteran moms need the encouragement as much as the brand new moms do yes and I think you know that's what I mean certainly you and I have learned that over the years because we're coming to the end of the road now and we're watching our own kids mm-hmm. you know homeschooling theirs and yes. I just think thank you God that um, I was able to homeschool Savannah so that she's confident. She's not worried about whether or not she can homeschool Noah and Wesley and Juniper. She knows mm-hmm. that she can. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. just a joy to see her not have those same struggles. She has struggles. I mean, we all do because sure. hello, it's life. Right. Um, but but the confidence, um, she's not struggling with the confidence like a brand new homeschool mom would. Right, right, exactly. And, you know, I think that's the thing is we have to understand we're not just investing in our children. We're investing in our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren. We've got to think multi-generationally. You know, God thinks multi-generationally. In fact, our our pastor said uh, recently, he said, um, somebody's been thinking multi-generationally, but it hasn't been the church. (laughs) It's true. And I was like, oh, that's spot on because you look around us and there has been an agenda for decades in in the school system. And and, you know, now it's like re- you can really see that coming to fruition. And so we as believers need to have that multi-generational view. Yeah, it's so important. The other thing that you hit on, and I thought this was so important, was the the importance of engaging with the homeschool community. Mm-hmm. You know, I keep hearing, you know, oh, we, we, we don't need each other. But I'll tell you what, if there's anything the Rona has taught us, mm-hmm. it's that this isolation is not good for us. Exactly. Uh, isolation is not good for us. We are created for relationship first with the, with the one who made us and then with each other. And we need, we need to find our people. And so what's the first step that parents can take in order? So they're getting, you know, you, there's mom right now and she's out in Tennessee and she's going, oh man, I'm brand new. Mm-hmm. How does she find uh, community? Well, I think connecting with homeschool families that you already know, because more than likely, you know, someone um, you know, and if you don't, on the off chance you don't, there are, you, we can start with Facebook groups, local, kind of Googling it and for local groups, but then also a lot of times those local groups will have a Facebook group. And those are some ways that, that you can start doing that. Word of mouth is huge. Just letting people know, Hey, I'm, I'm homeschooling. Do you know anybody who homeschools and, or call your local church, ask them, do you have, um, do you have families in your church that homeschool? Do you have a homeschool organization or do you know of one? Um, and in that chapter in my book, I go through actually a list of questions um, to ask yourself when it comes to kind of deciding what kind of group you're looking for and what you're looking for in a homeschool group and to just kind of help you figure out what's best for you in this season. Because, you know, you and I, Heidi, we both know these we have many different seasons throughout the homeschooling 
years. Yeah, that's right. And, yep. Yeah, and we have to we have to choose something that's a good fit for us now. Yeah, and what works one year might not work another year, and you know, and also what we're looking at now. I mean, in the culture is very different than what we were seeing happening in the culture 20 years ago. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we're we're looking at parents, you know, I've been calling them, you know, our generation still, I think, was among the pioneers right. in homeschooling. You know, we were like, you know, come hell or high water, we're taking the wagon to the library. You know, That's we're right. doing the thing. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we you know, hey, kids, there's a caterpillar. That looks like science. You know, I mean, we, right. we had a, a, a very different um, approach and a different um almost like a, a stick-to-itiveness right. because we were, I think, part of the tail end of the pioneer generation of homeschoolers. This generation are not the pioneers. They are refugees. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. They, they weren't necessarily thinking of homeschooling. There's a lot of them that are listening to this right now that they're still shaking their head going, I cannot even believe I'm doing this right now. I just, <laughs> you know, I don't even like my kids, you know. And uh, and so they need that community, I think, probably more than ever. And, and I think... You know, one of the things I so love about uh, your ministry is that you're reminding the older moms, because somehow, Dorinda, you and I transition into the yeah. older mom. I don't know how that too. happened. I don't know. It's garbage, whatever. So, but that's how people see us now, because we're in our 50s. I'm not really <laughs> sure how that happened, but whatever. Uh, but, but we need those moms who have been there and done that to mm-hmm. stay on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And encourage these, these younger moms who are scratching their heads and wondering how they fell down the homeschool rabbit hole. Right. You know, so <laughs> that, that community uh, is really important to mm-hmm. new homeschooling parents. Mm-hmm. And the key is just, you know, is exactly what you were saying, figure out what's going to work for you, uh, and, and what isn't, right. but don't divorce yourself from needing that support system because everybody exactly. needs that mom who's going to bring them over the mocha with whip, you know, like, exactly. sounds like you need a mocha. I'll be right there. You know? Yeah. And you know, so many times moms who haven't been finding it, create it. Like I remember when you started the, the Friday school yeah. all those years ago and, um, it, it just met a need and continues to meet a need for homeschoolers uh, to this day. Oh my goodness, yeah, I can't believe that. I know, it's crazy. It is crazy. And and you've got the the resource room, you know, and this is what homeschooling moms do. They're like, well, I couldn't quite find the curriculum that right. I really wanted for my kids, so I'm going to write it. You yeah, know? yeah. And, you know, Mystery of History, Linda Hobar did that. She yep. she couldn't find what she wanted, so eventually she wrote it. But at the end of the day, moms, um, we can actually do this ourselves. Not not yep. necessarily find, you know, and not create this humongous co-op. It doesn't have to start that way, but just get together with yep. some other moms and spend time together and encourage each other and and you know, maybe yep. have you know, the kids over to one person's house to do some cooking, whatever the mom that the mom of that house wants to do with them one week. And then the next week, maybe this mom is really great at science stuff, which I'm not. And, you know, let's do some science projects and, you know, so just, you know, throw, we all have things to bring to the table, certain gifts, certain passions that we can share with other homeschooling families. And so at the end of the day, it doesn't have to be a big, huge thing. It can be a very simple thing. So there's, there's lots of different ways you can do it. But again, like you said, community is crucial. Yeah, it's so important. And we want people to be in there for the long haul. And I think that it's the community that really helps you hang in there for, you know, all the way through high school. And right. uh, I want to talk really briefly about the parents who are looking at 
uh, homeschooling through high school. And again, you know, I, I, I think that I'm really right in my assessment about the refugee parents mm-hmm. who are just like, yeah, that was oh, I good. just, I just realized my kids are being, you know, critical race theory is being shoved down their throat or they're being taught that there's, you know, 400 genders. You know, you probably saw the Muppet babies came out yesterday and yeah. Gonzo is now Gonzarella. And, uh, and it's sick. It's sick what they're doing to our kids. And so I know that there are a lot of parents who are just, they've, they've, they're fed up and maybe they've got kids who are in high school and they're looking at, um, taking their kids out of high school and they're nervous about it. What do you say to the parent who has older children, right? Um, who is just now, you know, stepping into the, uh, into the homeschooling realm? Well, you know, first of all, there are so many options to help make homeschooling through high school actually doable. Yeah. Um, You know, there's so much available. It it will actually be more like choosing what is it that's going to be a good fit for you and your kids. But, you know, one of the benefits of homeschooling is that the high schoolers can typically finish in four hours a day or less. So they have time for hobbies and in internships and apprenticeships and experiences. And I actually Mm -hmm. just did three podcasts on homeschooling high school and talking about how we can take their experiences and translate those into credits onto yes. their transcripts. You know, we yep. have that freedom. And, um, you know, I think one of the things I would really encourage though, at the, at the very, very beginning, obviously, first of all, bathe everything in prayer because you want the heart of your child to be on board as much as possible. It does make it a whole lot easier. <laughs> yes, it does. You know, and and so have them um, on board as much as possible with the change, involve them in the process, Mm -hmm. pray with them, talk with them about why you want to do what you want to do and, um, and, and give them choices in the process. I feel like when our kids have options, like, okay, you've got this science credit that you're going to need to meet. Here are four or five different ways that you can do that. Um, yeah. And then let them choose. And and my kids now that they're adults say that's that was one of their favorite things about high school is that they got to choose how they were going to meet those credits. At the end of the day, they still did the work, but they had a choice in that process. And I think as, as teenagers, it's really, really important that they have some ownership. They have some skin in the game. And so involving them in that and letting it be an ongoing conversation. And if they're telling you something isn't working for them, listen to them. Don't be afraid. Don't say, oh my gosh, no, you only got, you know, this much into it and I don't want to start over. Listen to what they're saying. Maybe you can take what you've got and adjust it to make it work for that child, you know, but figure it out, problem solve together. And then also cast a vision beyond the temporary. I think it's so important for our high schoolers to look past prom onto onto long-term. Let's cast a vision for um, their future. What is it that they're passionate about? What is it that they'd really, where do they see themselves in five years? You know, ask them those kinds of questions. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? You'll learn a lot simply by asking questions and having the conversation with them. And it'll also give you what you need to sort of move more intentionally towards what your teen actually needs in high school in order to launch them well. 
Well, and you're you're doing something that's amazing while this is going on. You're solidifying your role in in your child's life. Exactly. You know, you're the one who is saying, "Hey, I'm I'm your biggest cheerleader. Mm-hmm. I'm going to help you get this thing done." And I love that you're encouraging parents. You know, look and see what are what is your state requirement. You know, so mm-hmm. what do they need? Yep. They need four years of language. They need four years of science. They need two years of a of um of a of a uh, foreign language in our home, you know, uh, I've had a couple of kids who are really great at foreign language and a couple of them who are just like, this is awful. And, uh, our, two of our girls ended up really loving sign language yes. and it met the mm-hmm. requirement. Mm-hmm. So what we did was we just said, here are all of your options, yeah, but you have to meet a foreign language requirement. This is part of the state of Washington's requirement to graduate and we're going to honor it. And so right. what would you like to do? And then just let them feel like they're in the driver's seat. Yes. And it does make all the difference. And you're also teaching them, oh my goodness, you know, you can make this choice. Mm-hmm. And so when they are, when they leave your home and when they graduate, they have that confidence that, oh, wow, they can make decisions for themselves and pray over it and that you're there to give them counsel. And that's really what you're doing. Exactly. Because really what we want, we want our kids to learn to hear from the Lord. Yep. Because when we launch them and we, we're confident that that they can they can actually hear from the Lord, everything else is going to fall into place because we can pray and God can speak to them and we know they're gonna they're gonna hear it and they're gonna listen. But you know, I think the other thing that we do is we invest in the relationship when we include them in the process. We actually show some respect towards them as an emerging adult. Yep. And saying, hey, you're getting older. We believe you can make these decisions and you can make good decisions. And so we're here to help provide the resources, but ultimately we want to leave the decision up to you. And you're, you're, you're actually telling them that you trust them. And kids live up to the standard that we set. Mm, boy, that's true. And I mean, there's no better place to see this than in a public school. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we've set the bar so low. The standard is so low. And we, if you will raise the bar for your kids, your kids will rise to meet the challenge. They will. And I think it's important. You know, we've we've been given trophies for participation. We've been saying, hey, so glad that you that you woke up today. Congratulations. <laughs> you know, and we want, our, you know, this life is hard and we want our kids to be ready. And part of that, uh, and I think this is where I'm going to sort of end this interview today, because mm-hmm. part of that is teaching our kids to be kind of independent learners. Yeah. This is a huge focus of uh, the four-hour school day where you're teaching parents from the time that your kids really are young how to teach them to learn independently. How have you seen this uh, transition with your kids as they enter the high school years knowing that you have trained them to be independent starting at a young age? Well, I, I found that they would just grow into this place of owning their education and taking responsibility for it. And it was a process. It wasn't something that, you know, I just said, okay, here you go. You know, it, first it was all mine. Now it's all yours. I gave them a warning probably around middle school. And I said, I just going to give you a heads up here. When you get into high school, um, there's going to be some significant changes because I believe you're going to be ready for this. And that is, I am going to be more like a coach and a consultant, yep. but you're going to own this high school experience. And 
I'm not going to nag you. I'm not going to look over your shoulder and make you do things. We're going to set the goals. You're going to set the goals. We'll work together to figure out how you're going to meet those goals. And then you're going to do it. And at the end of the day, when you walk across that stage and you get that diploma, you will be proud of the job you did. And and it wouldn't, it, it won't be about me. It'll be about you and, and what you accomplished. And as I wanted them to feel good about that. And, you know, it's really interesting because as our kids own their education, it provides motivation and a sense of purpose. It grows their confidence. And then in addition to that, it requires less from parents <laughs> and helps right. transition kids into adulthood. So it's really a win-win. And But it starts in the early years and just gradually you know, adding more and more, you know, encouraging more and more ownership the older they get, and then really kind of setting that in place when in when they're in high school. Yeah, and you know, you're letting your kids own their mistakes as well. Absolutely. You know, we had at least two of our kids as they got closer to graduation. There was one in particular who just was not getting their science uh, credit finished. Mm-hmm. They had some labs and stuff, and I kept saying this is going to be a drag for you. But just mm-hmm. so you know, we're going to go through the motions of the the high school uh, ceremony and the graduation, but then you're going to have to go back and finish that class. Mm-hmm. And that that's what happened. Oh, and I wow. think sometimes parents need to realize, you know, when you let your kids own their own mistakes, yep. or maybe they were lazy, or they mm-hmm. didn't do the thing, don't just cave in and give them what they're, what they're wanting. Uh, make sure that they earn it. Absolutely. I think that's so important. You're teaching your kids life lessons, right? Because they're not going to get a job and then have their employer go, hey, you only need you only did that halfway. I, we'll just let it slide. No, they're going to get fired. Right. And so we're teaching our children in the process of raising them as independent learners that there is an there for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And mm-hmm. so if you can't be, if you can't be trusted to get, uh, to finish this particular assignment, I'm not going to give you credit for it. And sometimes parents, and I know you've, you've experienced this too. I've talked to moms over the years who just didn't want to let their kids down. And so they're willing to just pass them with this less than, you know, less than amazing, uh, effort on the part of the child. And it's worth it, right. To hang in there with your kids. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, the parents weren't the ones, uh, they weren't letting their kids down. That was the kids, the child's decision. That's right. And I think you, I think I love what you said, just, you know, they need to take responsibility for that. And that's just such an important part of life skills. Yep. It's so, it's so important. Uh, Really quickly, before we go, where can people find this? Because, um, well, I, you know me, you just heard my little shout out for the independent bookstores because I keep getting yeah. scared over here. I say, hey, mm-hmm. I, I link back to an Amazon and all the little bookstore owners are like, you're not very nice. So I always tell people, <laughs> if you can get it at an independent bookstore, <laughs> I do agree. that Do that first. But what's the title again? And they can find it almost anywhere that yeah, uh, you that really can. You really can. It's the four hour school day and it should be. It's, it's at all the major booksellers. So you can pick your favorite one or go to your independent bookstore and pick it up. You can also go through my website as well, DorindaWilson.com. Awesome. And you have a podcast. I do. I have a podcast. Where do they find you? Yeah, it's the Dorinda Wilson podcast. It's pretty simple. Um, I'm on, you know, Spotify, iTunes, just kind of the the major platforms. And I've got over 200 episodes there and a handy dandy little search bar that I love. So if you want to search for something specific, you can do that. Um, So yeah, that would be great. I would love to connect with you. 
I love it. All right, you guys, this has been such an encouragement for me. I kind of wish, and I, I don't know how you feel about this, Dorinda, but I always, they, this is the kind of stuff I wish I would have had better access mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. when I started homeschooling. Cause I just remember, you know, I went down to this, I went down to the library. This is before I didn't, I, yeah, I trusted the library. You know, right. I don't go to library anymore cause it's garbage. <laughs> but uh, I went down to the Skagit library and mm-hmm. I got all these books that were written in the eighties, you know, mm-hmm. they were like, you know, here's what a school day should look like. And you've got some really great tips and letting people know that your school day doesn't have to look like everybody else's. That's right. It can look different and that's mm-hmm. okay. And that's actually yeah. good. That's how you make it your own. So that's right. Uh, this is like a handbook for homeschooling and I'm so glad you wrote it. And uh, I really Thanks. appreciate you coming on the show. It's just been a treat as it always. Has, it's been great. Thanks for having me, Heidi. You're very welcome. For more information on the four-hour school day, how you and your kids can thrive in the homeschool life, go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast. Scroll down to the show notes, and I will link back to the title in the show notes today and also to Dorinda Wilson's podcast. We appreciate you guys listening. As always, we love it when you leave reviews for the show. Let us know how you're doing. I'd also love to hear how you are getting off the bench and onto the battlefield. You guys can send me your off-the-bench stories at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash Mailbox Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody, and I will see you back here on Monday at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at MomStrongInternational.com.